Welcome along to The Loftcast. I'm Andy Watkins from the club's media team and I'm joined by club ambassador Andy Sinton. And if two Andys on the show weren't enough, ahead of QPR Community Day, we're joined by a third in the shape of Trust CEO and ours nut Andy Evans. After a fruitful few weeks, we'll be looking back at the R's recent unbeaten form, which now stands at six after Saturday's long overdue win at Deepdale. We'll be getting both Andy's thoughts on the victory at Preston, as well as looking ahead to Barnsley's visit this weekend, as we hope to be celebrating on and off the pitch in W12. It's all right here on The Loftcast. Well, Andy and Andy, this isn't going to be confusing <laughs> at all. Um, one place to start, deep there on Saturday. And um, I remember asking Mark Warburton on, on Thursday, I mentioned a, a stat to him that he wasn't too happy to hear that the fact that we hadn't won there for, for 40 years. But lo and behold, we, uh, we come away with a, a 3-1 win um, since, firstly, some way to do it. Yeah, terrific win. You know, if you look at Preston riding high, uh, what were they, sixth in the table? Now you've got that 40 years hanging over you. Um, Preston's home form, I think going into the game, there was only Fulham had a better home record, so it was always going to be a tough game. Um, so to go there and win, and to win in the manner that we did, uh, everyone des- deserves a lot of credit, and we deserve a lot of credit after the first half, because, um, you know, I said on my commentary bit, and I've said it time and time again, I thought we were really poor in the first half, but second half, outstanding, and deservedly won, and uh, won well. And Andy, you've been to Deepdale, I'm sure, many times before. The first time, I think, as you just said, the first time you've seen us win there. Were you fearing the worst again at half-time? Well, I've seen a few draws. <laughs> so, obviously, the uh, I wasn't there back in, was it 1980? Yeah, 1980. Yeah, 1980, I didn't go to that. So, seen us get a point now and again, but obviously never seen us win. And as you say, half-time, it, it, um, it didn't look great and... By the sounds of it, the uh, the players sorted it out amongst themselves by all yeah. accounts at half time. But I thought second half was really good. You know, we played a lot quicker. I thought Grant Hall was outstanding yeah. in the second half. So he must have gone home with headache. Um, no, really, really, really good day. Really enjoyed it. And since Mark made a, a double change at the break and changed the the tactics, and it, <laughs> fair to say, it made a difference. You know, sometimes, well, that's where managers earn the corn sometimes, you know, at half-time, that short window they've got to, to, to see what they've seen and to do something about it. And uh, uh, I don't think managers or coaches get enough credit sometimes when they make changes. Um, they, they get criticised when it doesn't go or the team selection, but Mark obviously wasn't happy with the first half. Um, I think I saw his interview where he said, you know, I made two changes, but I could have made seven or eight. Yeah. I think that's about right, actually. Um but credit to Mark and his coaching staff and the players uh, because whatever was said at half-time, um, they came out in the second half a totally different side, change of shape, told, you know, there's a lot made about formations, but when you're playing a formation against the formation, it's who can impose their formation on the opposition. And we did that the second half, went to the diamond, uh, pushed Brightmore up front uh, centrally, um, got the fullbacks advanced and Ryan, and uh, now we were outstanding. So credit to... Credit where credit's due. We were absolutely brilliant in the second half, and um, well done to Mark and let's say well done to the team for the way they came out, responded to whatever was said and whatever was done at half time. And as I said before, an excellent win. And as you said, we, we spoke to Ryan Manning afterwards, he talked about 
you know, had the words that were exchanged at half time and talking about the, the character that, that we've got in the in the dressing room, particularly this season. And you know, I'm thinking of seasons before where we've gone behind in I know we've talked about it before, we've gone behind in games and you're kind of thinking, you know, the writing's on the wall, but it's not the first time that we've come from behind this season, far from it. And I'm just thinking in recent games, you know, did it at Preston and Birmingham we were that's, behind. Stoke two nil there. again. Yeah, yeah. It just, yep. just shows, again, the, the character that this team has well, got. Well, I think that's run on through the club now, and that's been sort of brought back and instilled over the last sort of couple of seasons. Um, and, you know, that's that's pleasing to see. But this character, and you, you, I think Andy said about the players sorting it out, you know, players would have recognised what was going on, on on Saturday and wouldn't have been happy. They've got high standards. They've set those standards. I looked, there was one instance in the first half, Angel Rangel was going absolutely ballistic with someone 40, 50 yards away. Uh, for giving the ball away when you're giving the ball away it was just wave on wave and we couldn't get going we looked slow we looked ponderous kept giving the ball away pressed them more at us the whole time but we stayed in the game which is really really important as well you know because of how poor we were and how dominant Preston were Liam didn't have too many saves to make so that was a that was a plus and I remember at half time I think you know what we've got to be better we will be better uh, but fortunately we're, we're still in the game and um if we come out recharged, which we did, I'm sure we can get something from the game. Didn't think we'd get it in the manner that we did and how yep. superb we were in that second half. But uh, yeah, it just goes to show an answer to your question. Character, desire, fight, spirit, all of that is running through the team and running through the club at the moment. And Andy, you mentioned a, a word for, for Grant Hall. The goal machine that is Grant Hall. Two <laughs> goals in two games and leading by example as captain as well this season. Yeah, I, I just thought that on Saturday... You know, during the second half, whilst we probably, you know, the the other the other forward attacking players sort of get the, the headlines. get the headlines. Yeah. I thought Grant provided that foundation at the back. I just thought he was excellent. It's probably, you know, the best forty-five minutes I've seen him have certainly this season. I thought yeah. he was excellent. And uh, just going back to what Andy's saying about, you know, that that sort of theme running through the club. You know, I can only speak from a community yeah. aspect that. I see that in the players when they're going out with us, right. that they generally care. Yeah. You know, they care about what they're doing, who they're representing. <clears throat> and I see that when they're when they're out on the visits. I've seen it recently. You know, they generally care about about representing QPR. And so Hawley gets it back to one one. And then just as we're thinking, right, here we go, <laughs> Jeff Cameron is shown a, a second yellow card, a red card down to ten men. And you know, you're thinking, okay, man. Might have to take a point here then. Yeah, again, you know, uh, uh, Jeff gets his book and then he committed one just after. And I'm thinking, okay, your next one, Jeff, you're going to probably be in trouble. Yeah. Look at the clock and you see, you know, 30 minutes to go and he commits the, and it's not much in it, but it's probably the right decision. So he trots off and you think, you know, we've got the momentum, we're in the ascendancy, just got about a 1 1 five minutes previously, and uh, does that shift the game? Uh, and most of the time it does, but credit to those boys on Saturday. They didn't sit back. They kept going forward, played with great energy, great uh, endeavour to get on the front foot. And watching that game, I spoke to someone from Preston afterwards, he said you would never have known you were down to 10 men. You know, we numerical advantage, as I say, wasn't visible, and uh, we went on, won the game. Absolutely brilliant. Do you think that, I mean, not taking anything away from the players at all, but, you know, we've had it, um, often when the home team plays against 10 men and the expectancy and the pressure is on them yep. to make the, 
numerical advantage pay and sometimes it's actually the same with fewer players it actually works strangely in their advantage yeah it can do we were you know me and Andy with myself were in and around the Preston people before the game and I sensed they thought it was a big game for them because they'd lost the previous yeah. two I felt they thought uh, they were watching the Bristol City Fulham game prior and uh, right. you know they wanted that to go one way rather than the other for obvious reasons but um, as I say sometimes that's Situations during a game can prove difficult for you, but I think you know. Talk about the momentum sh- this, uh, shift when Jeff went off. The momentum shift at half time. You know, um, we were from the first whistle in the second half on the front foot into them, closed down a lot better, moved the ball better. You know, we've seen them throughout the season how good we can be going forward. First half were non-existent, but second half we were wave after wave after wave, and that comes from belief it comes from the management and his coaching stuff but mainly it comes from the players who take the field you know and uh, I can't give them enough credit people might say I'm going overboard you know it's only a win up at Preston but it was a win it was where it was and it was the circumstances that were so pleasing for me. So down to 10 men 1-1 and then Ryan Manning picks up the ball 20 yards out Andy and were you expecting him to do what he did with it? Not really no it's sort of it's sort of a strange trajectory that it took from where I was sat but in the end it just Kissed the underside of the bar and in it went. Um, tried to behave myself where I was sat, but <laughs> found it difficult. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, you know, this season I've, I've really enjoyed watching us. I know we've had days when it's not been so good, but overall I've actually enjoyed watching us. I find I've, I've been entertained. Yeah. And I was certainly entertained yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. And... We can certainly understand since not being able to control his emotions. Anyone who <laughs> listened to the commentary on Saturday will have heard that, particularly when Abere then went through and, and proved to seal the win with, with a typically cool Abere as a finish. Well, it's a brilliant finish. You know, um, I'm right behind him and I can see as the ball's moving across the pitch, I'm thinking if it comes to him, he's going to come back on his right foot and probably put it back in the far corner. And uh, you now his first touch makes it. Um, but then to execute the finish in the manner that he does, give the keeper no chance. Uh, brilliant. I think, you know, if you look at a beret, 12 league goals now, ever-present in the team. Well, the, the fact he's been ever-present shows his consistency for such a young lad still. Yeah. Uh, his performance levels is is right up there. He's growing for me all the time as a player, and uh, he's just a wonderful talent, but uh, another wonderful finish. But we're getting used to saying that, aren't we? And Andy, you talk about this season, how much you're enjoying, you know, win, lose or draw, the entertainment's there. And I guess the third goal pretty much summed up what we've got now in terms of, you know, Bright and Abire and Ilias. The fact that on the counter, we've got those sorts of players now attacking really exciting young players. Yeah, it goes back to what I was saying, you know, to watch those three that you mentioned, plus others who are developing within, within the team and that, you know, young, young players who are talented, you know, it's been a while since we've been able to say that. So, you know, to be able to watch their development over the course of this season in particular has been really pleasant to watch. And um, yeah, it made made sad. I went I went by train for uh, for the game on Saturday, yep. which is a rare occasion. So the journey back was <laughs> was most enjoyable, thanks to thanks to the uh, the performance in particular. Yeah, I can echo that as well. You know, when we've when we're getting on the train, you know, travelling up to the games and. We used to go to away games with a bit of trepidation, thinking, you know, we'll be lucky if we, we get something here. But now we're going to away games thinking, do you know what? You know, anything can happen today. We could, could get a result. We're going to places that we never used to 
get results and you know going to Preston now and coming away with a three-one win. Yeah, I think that's why we've uh, we've done so well. Still nine games to go. You know, I'd love us to finish with a real flourish uh, and get a stack of points and finish as high as we can. And you know what? What are we? Six or seven points away. You you, you never know. But let's just finish because we've been here a couple of seasons recently where the seasons just petered out. Yeah. And everything finishes on a uh, you know sort of a damn squib if you like. I don't think this will happen with Mark and the boys that he's got out there a minute. I think they'll go out and try and get as many points as they can, win every game, score as many goals as they possibly can. So, um, so yeah, all to play with, uh, all to play for, but uh, credit to them all this season. Done well. And just before we turn our attentions to Barnsley, and it also happens to be QPR Community Day this weekend, just tell us what that's all about. Well, QPR Community Day is the fourth, fourth one that we've had. Um, so really grateful to the club for providing a match day where we can really showcase what is great about QPR being you know, a real authentic community club. So to have the, the platform of a home game where the team are going to be wearing specially commissioned shirts where the community day logo will be, appear on them, uh, which creates obviously a nice piece of memorabilia which we can then auction, which ultimately helps us with all the projects that we're trying to deliver locally. It's also a brilliant opportunity for us to showcase individuals within the local community who do amazing things, who nobody sees, uh, you know, daily they're helping others who, you know, who need help um, and support. So we've got five unsung heroes on Saturday who, as well as having hopefully a lovely day with us in the Sea Club where we will look after them as VIP guests, they'll get the opportunity to go out onto the pitch at half-time to be presented with their Unsung Hero Awards uh, in front of the crowd, which I think is a lovely thing where you know, we can acknowledge everything they're doing on a local level. People will be able to read about the individuals um, on, the, on the website and in the Matchday mm-hmm. programme and, and after Saturday as well. But I'm sure the, the Rs fans are giving them a, a great welcome as they normally do. But the day begins uh, in the morning down at the fan zone. We've got, we're using the fan zone on Saturday to showcase a lot of the work that we do within the community trust. So we're literally going to have all the opportunities and sessions that anyone can access. All the information will be down at the fan zone. We've also got a whole range of different organisations that are joining us at the fan zone. We've got the NHS there. We've got CRY, which is a, a cardiac arrest in the young. We've got the local leisure centre, some local youth clubs in attendance. Kick It Out is there as well. It's As well as being community day, it's also our official Kick It Out day. Uh, the NCS, which is a programme for young people, which we're running, QPR Community Trust, we're there to recruit any young people that want to join that. And also the food bank will be there collecting food as they have been every game. And so far the support from the fans has been superb. Every, every game we're, we're, we're taking donations and then the following Monday taking it round to the local food bank. So everything um, you know, points towards community engagement, um, providing other organisations that we work with the opportunity to showcase their work as well. And we also had the EFL's Day of Action this week and we were talking about stats in terms of you know, the people that you guys have, have been able to reach and also the the support that you've had you, you mentioned the fans but also the the players who you know make numerous appearances over the season as well 
how important is their their support as well? Yeah, the the players in the last two or three years, the the level of support has has been the best it's ever been in in the time that I've been here. We've got and we touched on it earlier. You know, players are really genuine in wanting to get involved and getting out into the community and and helping us make a difference. And we, in addition to that, you know, there's things going on behind the scenes that people are not seeing. So yeah. we we've got a first team coach at the minute, one of one of the senior staff who wants to do some coaching in the evenings and he could quite easily do that at the academy but he's actually said look I'd rather go and work at community level we've got senior staff at the academy now volunteering uh, you know some evenings a week around our disability work and this is stuff that you know we've not even sort of publicized it's yeah. stuff that's going on behind the scenes so it's actually you know it's real and genuine that that support so the player support's been been phenomenal this year. I mean, we had Liam Kelly and Lee Wallace just last Monday down with the Tiger Cubs, and you know, to see, to be there and see the reaction with the kids when the players are out with them, it, you know, it's priceless. So support's been, it's been, been superb on that level. And since, as someone who's often out and about in the, the community, you know as well as anyone the impact that the work that the, the trust does on on people's lives. Well, I get to see it firsthand. You know, the exceptional work that's done out in the community you know many many different projects uh, covering all ages now all abilities uh, and I do see uh, and I'm not just saying it you know credit to Andy uh, and all his staff the helpers the volunteers that make it happen but I actually see the positive impact on the lives of so many people that we as a club and they as a you know a, a community trust are able to deliver and um, the whole club's united in that. It's a massive part of our football club. The fans, you know, thank them for the support and all Andy's initiatives and that. And uh, as Andy's quite rightly say, Saturday gives the club a chance to showcase all that they do and to thank everyone that's involved, uh, including Andy sitting to my right who, who doesn't like to take any credit, but he's the he, he's the he's the driver and he's got a, he's got a great staff that I. Uh, see working whether it's at a school whether it's in a prison whether it's on a soccer school whether it's yeah, disability groups whether it's the extra time club you know they whatever they do an amazing job and uh, long may that continue and Andy you mentioned the fact that we saw Liam Kelly and Lee Wallace come down to see the the Tiger Cubs and the, the smiles that it puts on their faces is brilliant and that ties us nicely into the after community day we've got the famous Tiger Feet Walk, which I've done, since has done in the last few years as well, and that's just around the corner, so another one to look forward to, Andy. Most certainly, number Tiger Feet 11, um, and slightly unusual this one. We, uh, we're going to be walking from Craven Cottage and doing a circuit of the River Thames to get back here to Loftus Road in time for kickoff for the QPRV Fulham game. So it's an early start. We're going to be setting off a hopefully half past seven sharp. <laughs> I must say a huge thank you to our uh, colleagues at Fulham who are, who are assisting in opening their doors for us so that we uh, got somewhere to congregate and brief everyone before we set off on, uh, on Saturday the 21st of March, which also coincides with World Down Syndrome Day, which is why it's vitally important that you know, Tiger Feet does take place on that day. It's, it's, a, it's a fitting day for us to raise much needed funds for the Tiger Cubs, our, our Down Syndrome football team. 
and any support, you know, and f funds raised will go directly to providing opportunities for our team. So there's more coaching, there's more opportunities for them to go to tournaments, more opportunities for them to go uh, overseas uh, on, on comp tournaments and competitions. So uh, we're looking forward to it. Um, normally, uh, Tiger Feet, it seems that anything linked with Tiger Feet and, and Fulham, I think last time we did it, it was on Patrick's Day a few years ago and it yeah. snowed. Yeah. And now we're dealing with uh, early kickoffs and, and who knows what else. <laughs> and just, I mean, hopefully no snow this year because I can't remember a colder day oh, at a football match than that. Yeah. And that was just sitting in the comfort of the yeah. press box, let alone walking 10 miles in the freezing cold. <laughs> but just, you talk about obviously the, the money raised and the impact that has. And what about the impact of just the day itself and, you know, when, when you know you reach the stadium and you do the, the walk around the pitch and the reception that the, the walkers and obviously in particular the Tiger Cubs get? Yeah, I think the Tiger Feet walk now has become like a highlight of the QPR Community Trust yeah. calendar. You know, it's, we've, we've got like a core set of walkers who a lot of them have done all 10 and, you know, will be taking part in number 11. And it is just a great day. It's a real sociable day. The actual walk this year around the Thames, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a lovely walk, you know, along the, the, the riverbank there. But when, when you get back here and you start approaching the stadium and the fans in the streets, you know, the reception we get is, is it's just fantastic experience. And then the best part of the day is without doubt when the Tiger Cubs themselves get the yeah. chance to go uh, on the pitch and do their lap of honour. And I know, you know, the fans absolutely give them... Yeah you know, a great reception. So we're looking, f we're looking forward to that as well. And since looking forward to it, looking forward to another <laughs> 10 mile walk around West London. Uh, always look forward to it. <laughs> Half seven in the morning. Not so sure about, but I'm sure Andy will have the coffee and the biscuits ready or the bacon rolls to get us going. But uh, no, I'll just echo, you know, I've done, this will be my fifth one and I find it incredible. The people you walk with are great. You know, the fans, actually the Cubs themselves, you know, um, I find it a really humbling experience and I remember seeing them, I wasn't sure if it was the first time I did it or the second time when they were doing the lap of honour, I was a little bit choked up, you know, because uh, to see the struggles that they have, but to see the joy they get from being able to do things that they 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 want to do and, you know, to, to be part of the programme, um, I say, a really, really humbling experience. So. Uh, so I'll be walking with 35, 40 other walkers. The aim is to raise as much money as we possibly can. I don't know if Andy sets targets, you know, but can we beat what we did last year? Um, so I'll just urge any fan, you know, no matter how little it is, uh, to dip into the pockets and help for what is, a for me, a, a fantastic cause. Yeah, and if you did want to support the guys on the 21st of March, the fundraising link is www.virginmoneygiving.com forward slash team forward slash Tigerfeet11. And in terms of matters on the pitch this weekend since, Barnsley, bottom of the table, Barnsley, but certainly won't be a team, I imagine, that Mark Warburton will be taken lightly after what happened at Oakwell in mid-December. Well, you saw what they did to us up there, you know, a new manager just came in. I thought they were excellent on the day, uh, full of energy, full of endeavour, uh, ability. 
Um, been a bit hit and miss since then. Lost the last two, but won three previous to that, including a 3-0 victory at Fulham. So that tells you what can happen on yeah. any given day. You mentioned something there, bottom of the table, and I think sometimes that can be the danger. Um, if I was giving anyone advice, fans, players, coaches, not like they need it from me, but, you know, forget the league table. Don't look at league tables. You have to, in this league in particular, you have to earn every single point. And if you're slightly off it in terms of your application or your preparation or your performance levels are below what they need to do, in this league, you'll get hurt. And I say when you get hurt, you'll get beat. And we've seen it. Uh, time and time again, not only with us but with other teams, you know, um, anyone in this league is capable of beating each other. So Mark will, I'm sure, be drumming that message home to the players. I'm sure the players will know all about that. We're six unbeaten, we're nine games to go, you know. If I'm in that dressing room as a player, I say, you know, well, can we go unbeaten till the end of the season? I'm not saying we will, but you know, can that be a name? And to do that, you've got to get a result on uh, on Saturday against Barnsley. So. Uh, so yeah, we'll respect them. But if we turn up, and I say turn up in terms of, you know, if we turn up and bring somewhere close to our A game, I'm confident we get another three points and keep our run going. But uh, I'll say it one more time. It won't be easy. Won't be easy. I'll throw a stat in there. as I've, I dug out the stats for the Preston one. Barnsley haven't won at QPR since 1950. Wow. And we've won the last 11 at home against them in a row. Wow. Without wanting to jinx it, far from it. But Andy, we talk, you know, we've we've talked about the last, particularly the last few seasons, and how, since mentioned it earlier, how it's kind of been, you know, kind of kind of deja vu and with that frustrating feeling, probably around March time, where we've had a you know encouraging periods, and then it's sort of fizzled out, and we we're getting to the end of the season, thinking you know, either looking over our shoulders or perhaps you know nothing really to play for, given that the, the run of form that we're in. Is it nice that we can then look into this one, you know, thinking let's just keep it going and, and you never know? Yeah, I think if we look at the last sort of three seasons, we've sort of finished lower lower half, haven't we? So, yeah. you know, if we could get, you know, continue this run, um, as tough as it will be, as Andy said, you know, wouldn't it be nice to try and finish in the top 10, which is completely within our grasp? Mm -hmm. And also, obviously, a win on Saturday means that the QPR... Community Trust logo shirt will obviously go a lot better in the <laughs> auction. <laughs> so let's hope we can continue continue the run. And we'll have hopefully nice of I'll be tweeting nice images of celebrations in the uh, in the shirts as well. But since I know we'll we'll speak to you closer to Saturday and you'll be doing your analysis on on Barnsley. But given their sort of frame of mind, I guess they'll be coming here just trying to, to get anything they can. Well, they need something, but I think they'll look at this game. I think they'll uh, they'll think they have to win. Now, mathematically, they don't have to win, but they're starting to run out of runway. Yeah. Uh, you know, what are they, seven points adrift, nine games to go. They're going to have to start winning games and stacking a few wins together. So so they will view coming here. Yeah, they'll know we're a good side. They'll know we're in form. They'll probably look back to December when they, they ran a comfortable winners against us, 5-3, I think flattered us on the day a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago down at Craven Cottage, win 3-0. So they'll, they'll come here and fancy their chances. But whenever we talk about the opposition, I like to flip it back to us. If we turn up, we bring close to our A game, convinced we'll win the game. Brilliant. Well, Andy and Andy, thank you for joining us. Fingers crossed for Saturday and good luck with QPR's Community Day.
and Tiger Feet 11 just around the corner too. And thanks for everyone for joining us this week on The Loftcast. Thank you.